This is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304s so you can understand their nature. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy.
Jersey Judah Saturday night for Sunday and I'm back with another episode another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel so it's late night not late night, but it's nighttime. 10.04 p.m., so I might as well jump on here with an episode, right? Just so I can have things situated for tomorrow morning so I don't have to wake up early and do anything tomorrow morning. Not that I don't mind, but I think tonight's going to be like how it was last night, man. I go to sleep till about 3 in the morning. Woke up 10.30, enough time to start recording an episode, which I did. Right before going to, um, right before going to the car center and getting an oil change, but uh, now I'm back. Damn near twelve hours from now, I didn't do nothing earlier. I tried to do something earlier, but I just scrapped it. And if I go through half, even if it's an hour, if I go through an hour, and like my recording stops or messes up. Either I'm going to keep what I have or I'm just going to scrap it completely and work on something later on. On this episode tonight, man, we got a video called Hoflation is Real. Hoflation is Real underscore. It is over for dating in Western countries. Also, a video from Please Act Right. Dr. Umar has lost his mind calls 304 a queen yeah we starting we starting the night off with a bang are we ending the day off with a bang uh 22 minutes 55 seconds total for each video i don't want to waste time latest juice is responsible for the first video and please act right for the second let's get it Gone are the days that men have to put in work, hustle harder, and be more presentable to get a good woman. These days, you could put in 20 times more work, be high value, be attractive, and all you will get is lower value women. A very good example is this recent news about Logan Paul, a famous, wealthy, and attractive man, and all he could pull is a woman with a higher body count than the number of videos I have made this year. The issue here is not even only the increase in demands by hoes, but the increase in the number of hoes in the Western world itself. Hoflation. Why are all these happening, though? Why are hoes who, in previous years, are either doing it in secret or ashamed of it now doing it openly and making ridiculous demands? The major reason is because of simps. Let me show you all a video that basically explains what hoflation means real quick before we continue. Make sure to like and subscribe to this channel if you love the contents I create for you, by the way. Thank you. Consider this, right? The average guy today, his granddad had to put in a quarter of the work to get the kind of woman that is four times as amazing as the woman's attractive. Oh, you're, are you like his grandmother was an amazing woman and a, and a very, very feminine, natural woman. And his granddad really didn't have to do the kind of work he has to do right now Yo, as a young man. So you're talking about hoflation. Yes, so hoflation. So modern men have to work five times harder than their grandfathers did for women 20 times worse than what their grandmothers were. When a woman decides to sleep around, and there are simps drooling all over her feet waiting for a chance to sleep with her, she believes she is the prize. These bunch of horny men who would pay and do anything to get laid has caused hoflation. 
women with no value, no assets, and no career so far, will boldly tell a man that is building his career that he is not enough because he doesn't make six figures yet, or that he is not muscular enough. I once met a woman some time ago. We exchanged contacts and chatted for a while. During the course of exchanging texts, I knew she was not the one. She told me about her previous ex and how the guy did everything possible to get her because she initially didn't like him. She said he would buy gifts and flowers and send it to her every day with letters begging her to give him a chance. Now, let me ask you a question, right? When a woman says this to a man, is she trying to show off to the man that she's capable of having a man lust for her? Because men are going to react to that in a positive way. She said she now believed that's the barest requirement for anyone who wants her. I asked her why the relationship has now ended then, if he did all that, and she liked it. She honestly told me that she didn't actually like the guy, but now when she meets new men that she likes, she gets put off when they can't do what her simp of an ex did. You all should already know how that ends with me. Now, the basis of the story, she also probably told her friends what that ex did for her. They see the gifts and all. It raises their expectations for any man that meets them. So one simp has created an entire enigma of inflation in which low-value women believe the requirements a man needs to show to date. Uh, hers now higher. How much do you think a man should spend on a first date? Thousand dollars. <laughs> Why should a man spend? Oh man, here we go. The cesspool. Thousand dollars on you. Because I'm a cute. Just because you're cute? Yeah, sure. Is it all about the money for you? It's not about the money, but I know I deserve this, so. Okay. So if I take you out and I. So her broken language says it's not about the money, but she deserves it. So what about you that deserves the money if it's not about the money? Said, I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on you tonight. You're going to throw it back on me when we're finished, right? Oh, it's the band. The band. What would it depend on? And that's the gamble of, of dating. Legit. The man who's foolish to believe that he's entitled to things because he put in a thousand dollars is the fool. But the woman will play the game and get the man believing that there's a possibility to um, redeem that money. I defend a lot of thieves. But I just dropped a thousand dollars on you. That just doesn't matter. Would you ever see yourself spending a thousand dollars on a man for a first date? No, because it's completely different. She believes that a man should spend at least a thousand dollars on her on the first date, and what's her reason? Because she believes she's cute. That's obviously delusional. But there are some men, some simps, that will go ahead and spend even more than that to get to talk to her. Yep. This inflated their perceived sense of value. And that's what gives them the ability to do what they do. It all makes sense. It sounds stupid to a free-thinking man, sure. But if there's a guy willing to do these things for the woman, then guess what? She can have that delusional way of thinking. Fucked up. Harsh reality, but it's true. Some modern women even view sex as a business. Mm-hmm. Some open OnlyFans to sell their nudes. Some sleep with different men on different date nights sure. so they can get dinner to eat. Some whore around to get a source of income. Years back, behaviors like these were shunned, but society has grown to accept it now. And when you find a woman like that and you ask about her sexual history, it is misogyny. You can't ask about her sexual experiences, what she has done, it doesn't matter. Her body count doesn't matter. The past doesn't matter. It's oppression and slut-shaming when you reject a woman for being promiscuous. And when men encourage women not to be promiscuous, they get termed toxic and controlling. Oh. I'll tell you something. When you get wealthy and build yourself and your life up to the standard that you desire, what determines your success next isn't the quantity of women you attract, but the quality of the women you attract. Not how many, but how good. That's what determines your measure as a man. This is an area where many male celebrities are failing. When they rise to fame and get exposed to different catalogs of women, they go for the models, the many, 
not the good, the high-value women. That's why most of their marriages end up in divorce, and some even get to split their wealth into two, or pay alimony and child support. I won't be harsh on these celebrities, though. The number of Western women who still have quality is minimal, and people still wonder why passport bros are leaving in search of traditional women. Imagine working your ass off as a man, hustling day and night, finally building yourself up and getting your finances in order, then society tells you that for you to settle down, build a home and start a family, it has to be with one of these modern women that have spent their own years hoeing around, sending feet. <laughs> so, sounds, sounds about right. When women ask, well, why aren't the men participating in dating? Well, look what's out there. Look what's out there. Should a man really work night and day? Break his back. The physical weekly stress day in, day out. Just to come home to a problematic woman with a, with, with, with a past. A past that is easily shown and hard to hide. I don't think so. And nudes on OnlyFans and having seen more balls than Cristiano Ronaldo. Nice. They are 30 plus and ready to settle down, asking you what you bring to the table. And society expects you to settle down with them and not go on your way to find high value women. Years of backbreaking work, years of building up your business, or years of being in someone's employment. Years you've denied yourself luxuries so you can save up a few dollars. And society thinks you looking for a high value woman is wrong. And it is perfectly fine if these low-value women want high-value men, it is. No one can convince a woman who has seen men spend thousands of dollars on her because she is pretty to lower her standards. We men just have to raise our standards too. We can't be settling for mediocrity. If you have taken your time to build yourself, raise your value, made money, and it's time to settle down, do not marry for beauty that will fade away with time. Of course, I'm not saying marry an ugly woman. But there are factors and red flags to consider before checking beauty when trying to settle down with a woman. I'm personally glad that men are starting to wake up. We just can't invest so much, build so much to settle for so little. The rise of passport bros just shows how far high-value men will happily go to find high-value women also. Dating in Western countries are at an all-time low. Men either prefer to stay single or go out to foreign countries to find a woman than to date these modern women who have wasted their prime years sleeping with different women. Men are done using dating apps. Men are done approaching Western women. Men are done attending singles events. You should not be scared to say no to these hoes if she believes you have to spend at least $1,000 on the first date just so you can get to know her. Why should you stay? It costs just a little higher for you to go your own way and find a woman that is ready to settle and start a family with you. You should get your passport, guys. That will be all for today. Let oh, me know what you God. think about this in the comments. Also. All right, so... I don't really think passports are going to really solve the issue, but it is something good to have. In terms of seeing what, what else is out there in the world... outside of women just to have that option that if you wanted to you could go somewhere and see something different outside of your western culture um that being said men will pretty much have no choice but go their own way or suffer the consequences and deal with women that they really would not want to deal with and most guys, like I said, they'll 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 take that they'll take the possibility of uh, taking a loss just to get uh, 10, 15 minutes a date with a woman. So it's a uh, it's rough out here, gentlemen. It's rough out here. And another thing. The men, <clears throat> regardless of how low the morals of women are, the men will always be looked at as the ones to have to settle down. Settle down in looks, settle down in relationship in general. 
if the man's not settling, there's something wrong with him. But the woman that's not settling, oh, she's strong and independent, so we celebrate that. But at what cost for the woman? Interesting. You know, something to think about, man. Shout out to the latest or latest juice, not the latest, but latest juice. It's, it's fucked up because I did something earlier. And um, I had deleted the video that I wanted to go over about Steve Harvey. So I may just save that for another time. Or I might go through this video that I've had for about four days now. Surviving infidelity, 20 years in a private investigator. How about that? I mean, that's a possibility to go through. Because we're going through these videos, man. We are going through the videos. So I might just add that. Let me see something. Get rid of this. And that was, what, eight minutes and some change? We might we might be able to go through uh, both videos. We're going to go over Dr. Umar. Umar Johnson, man. Losing his mind. Shout out to Please Act Right. And let's continue. But show me a lot of love and it's showing me that I got a hit. I do want to ask you one question. Sure. I seen that you posted a female rapper by the name of Sukiyana. Right? Uh-huh. What would you say to our good sister about that? Uh, sister Sukiyana. I never heard of the queen before a supporter of mine sent me the video. <laughs> that queen. Y'all know Sugihana, right? Oh, you don't? Y'all need a reminder, don't y'all? Hold up. Let me get the let me get the reminder for y'all. Hold up. Just in case y'all didn't know who Sugihana was or Sugihana, whatever her fucking name is. Shut up, bitch. One more time, man. That's Sugihana for you. The black queen that um I'm being sarcastic, of course. The black queen that Dr. Umar Johnson is referencing. This is her, once again. I'm trying to get my coochie stretched and you ass, ass, ass. Shut up, bitch. Sukahana. All right. She, she a queen. She the welfare queen. Section 8 queen. Public house queen. Hit the bills like you better sell that cat. This is oh, the rapper no. Sukihana that he's referring to as a queen. Dr. Umar has lost his mind. In what world have you ever seen a queen acting ratchet like this? You know, where she said, I'm not going to use her words, but where she said, if I wanted to spend some private time with a man, it'll be Dr. Umar. And then at the end of the video, she says, if Dr. Umar met me, he would shoot his shot because he'd see that I'm a beautiful black African conscious queen. I could use some guidance. I got a little bit of daddy. <laughs> Yo, man, it's confirmed. Your boy, Dr. Umar Johnson, is a Captain Sabaho. Somebody buy this brother a cape. She was very humble. I would be open to meeting with her and see where her head is, because first, it's always politics before Punani for me. I'm trying to get my cookie stretch. Here it is. I'm trying to get my cookie stretch. And we'll be eating this ass today. Ha Yo, come on, man. This bitch is a problem, dude. Come on, man. Now, obviously, her content isn't something I could endorse, but it seemed to me that if she's willing to follow my lead, that she might be ready to make a transition from the raunchiness we'll be eating this ass today in London, period, baby. to the righteousness. And so maybe she'll take all her followers and bring this bitch, yo. <laughs> she said, well, first of all, in the video, she's saying, quote, I'm trying to get my coochie stretched and eat a nigga's ass. We be eating ass and we be eating asses uh, of niggas in London. That's, that's what the conscious queen gotta say very conscious very very pro-black 
mental health or a conscious lifestyle. That would be a conversation we would need to have, though. At this point, I don't want to pay no twenty, thirty thousand for no teeth if I can't eat crab legs. It's where's my tooth? But if she decided to turn the corner and leave that content alone for something that is more conscious and more positive for our daughters and sons, I would work with her. And I think we could do a whole lot together, too. Your sons and daughters. Now, Dr. Umar knows better. He's just talking. You know damn well you can't turn a 304 into a housewife. But if he feels like he can do it, then more power to him. But for those guys who are embarrassed by this so-called music she's making, he wouldn't give her the time of day. But keep listening. It gets worse. And what I also tell black women, if you're going to go get you an African man from the continent, you would have to understand that the way in which you talk to black men in America mm -hmm. will not be tolerated over there. Mm -hmm. Why the it, fuck is it tolerated it's not tolerated here? That's what we're trying to tell them. Well, over here, I want to say this to us, though. And here we go, blaming men for everything. Because we try to act like the way sisters treat us doesn't have a history that we are not at least partly responsible for. Let's be honest. <laughs> a black woman has had to hold down the black house by herself, although imperfectly. She's had to do it by herself. She didn't have to do it by herself, Dr. Umar Johnson. You should be ashamed of yourself. You know goddamn well that they had that secret, that secret deal going on with the government. Lyndon B. Johnson was telling these women that in order to get extra money, that man needs to be out of the house. So cut the bullshit out. Stop stepping for these bitches, man. It's not a good look. Since the mass incarceration of black males began in the 1970s. The average black women who are complaining that men are no good, who are single and living in their home and paying all their bills, average between the age of 25 to 40 years old. This means that these women were born in the 1980s and the 1990s. And even if she was born in the 1970s, she'd be too young to even know what was going on in the 70s. That being said, the majority of these women who are doing it by themselves nowadays is because they themselves made bad choices in men to spend their time with and get pregnant by. Most of them knew that guy wasn't she, when she first met him, but she stayed with him. So when his sister says, I don't need a man, because she couldn't find one strong enough to hold her down. Or when you meet a woman <laughs> and you say, sister, I'm, I'm strong enough to be a man. You ain't got the work or you ain't got to pay the bills or whatever. You pull back. I got you. And she can't do it because all the other men before you mm -hmm. who disappointed her. <laughs> because of the who disappointed her in her parents, the men coming into her life now have to pay for it. No, if a woman vetted a man properly, she saw he was holding down his household in a correct manner before she came along. She shouldn't have any problem pulling back and letting him handle business. If she gets the right guy in her life and she can't let him be the man that he was in his own household, she's not the woman for him and he should just move on. Most of these women don't prepare themselves for the husband that they claim they want. Good men who have it together are not supposed to adjust to her. It's the other way around. Okay, here's a myth. You're not going to like it, but here's the myth. God is preparing a man for you. Incorrect. Biblically speaking, the Bible says that God created Eve for Adam, not Adam for Eve. I'm going to let you sit on that for a couple seconds. God created Eve for Adam, not Adam for Eve. So the I mean, once again, wow, how how groundbreaking. Wow, over the edge. Wow. Very thought-provoking. Common sense. God is preparing is you. You have to understand that God prepares you as a woman to come into the life of a man, to be a helpmate, to bring value into his life, to be able to allow him and encourage him to do what God has destined for him to do. But as a woman that is unprepared, what happens is instead of allowing the man to do what God has called him to do, you make it all about you. And you want the man to make you his God. It was never planned that way. As a woman, you need to align with your man and both of you need to serve God because that is what God ordained for man and woman to join together and serve God. So for the guys out there saying that's right, remember, you actually have to have your stuff together. And for the women out there saying that they're not going to do all that, by all means, keep that mindset. And that man should move on to a woman who has prepared herself for her husband. But what I'm saying is black men, we got to be patient with our women because we created that personality. What is this we? He's speaking French. Well, we have to be held accountable for their poor selection. No, you have to be held accountable because they have a poor selection. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> the poor selection of men themselves have to be held accountable for being a poor selection. Why do we men who have... Why is it that men, like a Steve Harvey, will say things like the responsibility 
of us being providers as men is towards the women where the women in return will tell you they don't need you they can do bad by themselves they're strong and independent and the man has to take on the responsibility of that Dr. Umar you are tripping fuck out of here together have to be accountable for men who don't. Dr. Umar, you know damn well these women out here are not going to pay for what some poor selective woman did to us in our past. So why should we? Remember when this young brother said this? And to be quite honest with you, I don't care why you're asking. I don't, don't care. I don't care what happened to you as I'm a 40 year old man. You I don't got care. a daughter? You all wouldn't care if a man came to you feminine and said, my dad wasn't in my life. My mom didn't teach me this. You say, bro, you're 38 years old. I don't want to deal yep. with a feminine man that hasn't addressed his issues. Yep. So for me, dealing with a woman that way, I'm going to tell you the same thing. I understand you had issues or whatever okay. growing up and you had to be a certain way, but I'm not going to put up with it as far as trying to be in a relationship with you because you don't know how to be a feminine woman. And that's <coughs> my point. Women who claim they have their stuff together are not going to allow us to hold her accountable for what some lesser of a woman did to us in our past. So why should the men who have their stuff together be held accountable for the men that didn't have their stuff together in her past? Dr. Umar, you have lost your mind. But if you want to do it, more power to you, brother. But don't expect the rest of us <laughs> to jump on the bandwagon with you because we know better. Black men date out their race more than all other men put together. You know why? Racial inferiority. We don't think we're as good as the white man, so we need the white woman in order for us to feel an artificial sense of equality. There he goes, talking that French wee 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 again. I, I have never in my life compared myself to a white man before. I've always gone after my goals based on my wants and needs. And even though I've never dated a white woman before, if I did, it would have nothing to do with being inferior to anyone. It would be because I felt that she was a better choice for me. And not because of her race, it would be because of her character, who just happened to be a different race. It is self-hatred to the 20th power. I'm not against white women, but I support black women. And in my support of black women, I cannot condone. So because you support black women, you believe that other men should support black women no matter what. You don't hate white women, but you don't support white women. So for a man to support a white woman would be a man selling out, not the black man who's calling hoes queens and who's putting mediocre bitches on pedestals. I, I just don't get it. Interracial dating. See, he says it's self-hatred if you date outside your race. But notice he didn't say anything about all these women making these videos saying that they don't need or want us. Which is the oh. reason why a lot of men are not only going to another race, but they're going to a whole other country. But let's look at the economics. Take the romance out. Take the emotion out. Let's look at the economics. Marriage is a business contract. And if you're going to go into business, you want to go into business with the best candidate. And if it happens to be someone of a different race. Women on average live longer than men. So if I marry a white woman and I die prematurely, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. I die prematurely, rest in peace, Marvelin, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. That white woman <laughs> is not going to take any of the wealth that I built as a black man and give it to the black community so we can help regenerate ourselves. She's going to keep that money for herself and all that black money will go back into the hands of white society. Interracial marriage is economic <laughs> betrayal. Economic betrayal. So the woman of another race will not take your money and put it back into the black community. Point taken. So name one black woman that was married to a black man where he died prematurely and left his wealth to her and she took the money and put it back into regenerating the uh -oh. black community. I'll wait. Uh -oh. If you have an answer, you probably can only name one or two uh -oh. black women that have ever done it. The truth of the matter is, 95% of black women walking this earth already take whatever money they have coming in and give it back to the powers that be. Here's the proof. Who owns Prada? Who owns Gucci? Who owns Louis Vuitton? Yikes. Who owns Vera Wang? Yikes. Who owns Jimmy Choo? Yikes. Who owns the car manufacturer where these women buy these overpriced cars? Who owns the mortgage company where women take their money and buy these overpriced houses? Who owns the hair industry? You know, these wigs, nails, 
butterfly eyelashes, makeup. 95% of black women, when they get their hands on a large lump sum of money, they will turn around and give it all right back to the powers that be. Now that's economic betrayal, which is done on a daily basis. Only a small percentage of black women will actually put the money into something that pays them interest. And even a smaller percentage will put the money back into the black community. Dr. Umar himself has said that black people as a majority mishandle money. What do children do? They spend their money on the things that they like. Right. And they beg their parents for the things that they need. Is that not black America? Two billion on insurance every year. You're right. Four billion on liquor. Thirty billion on hair and beauty. Nearly a billion dollars on chicken, turkey, beef, and pork. Multiple billion on video games. Multiple million on children's cologne. How do I make sense out of this? Y'all right. can't care about yourselves. Because as much as you talk about reparations, and as much as you talk about the next presidential election, look at the money you waste. And that last part he said, look at the money you waste. But then he wants to sit up here and talk about a black man leaving his wealth to a black woman like she would take the money and put it back into rebuilding the black community. Yeah, right. He's trying to make it sound as though men have no control over where his wealth goes. I'm 58 years old and I've never been married and I have a will in place that specifies how much each one of my family members will receive. If I were to get married after I moved to the Philippines, all that stays in place. I would then get a separate entity of money that would be left to my wife so that my family, who has been my family long before my Filipino wife came along, would get the same amount of money before I got married. I control who gets what, not my wife. It would be a different story if I was marrying a black woman and stayed here in the United States. My black wife would get the majority of my estate, but my surviving siblings would still get a nice share of my estate. You as a man control who gets what through your last will and testimony. He's trying to make it sound like as soon as you marry a woman from another race, she automatically gets everything you've built. The reality is, she will, but only if you leave it all to her. Y'all can't care about yourselves, because as much as you talk about reparations, and as much as you talk about the next presidential election, look at the money you waste. But we can't even have that conversation seriously without first addressing something else that plagues the community, and that problem is cultural values and tendencies. Dr. Umar accurately pointed out that the money that's in the hands of the black community gets quickly distributed to unnecessary and unproductive avenues like luxury goods. Exactly. Remember when they had the reparations conversation in the movie Barbershop 2? Every black person should at least get a hundred thousand. What, what, what do you think that's gonna do? That ain't gonna do nothing but make Cadillac number one dealership in the country. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And a lot of black people got upset when they heard that line in the movie. Pretty funny because oh, people got upset over it. Hmm. Seems to be the conversation now in places like San Francisco. They seem to can't talk about anything else but reparations. Interesting. It would make Cadillac the number one car dealership in the country. We don't need reparations, all right? We need restraint. Restraint? Restraint. Maybe not Cadillac. Don't go out and buy a Range Rover when you're living with your mama. But the majority of black people, if they got any type of wealth, will give all the money back in a short period of time. And I'm not the only one that thinks so. Even this young man is saying the same thing. If the black community as a whole were to get financial reparations, where do you think most of those funds would go? Some would like to think that they would go to building institutions and infrastructure that would benefit the community, but that's wishful thinking given the current circumstances. Giving people money is not the same as giving people the knowledge on how to productively allocate and spend that money. Mm. Those funds would go right to the same place that they're currently going. And that's funding already established institutions in other communities. What we need is an educational, cultural, and individual shift towards valuing real economic progress, not just the perception of it. And until that education happens, Dr. Umar, if a black man dies prematurely and left his wealth to a black woman, the money could be mishandled and given right back to the very people you claim shouldn't have it. Good black men are not going to other races because they are inferior to other races of men. Kids gonna get a 32-year-old Puerto Rican stepmother. That's gonna happen. Oh, yes. Good black men are going to other races because too many black women nowadays have unrealistic expectations and they say they don't need us, along with making life a little too difficult for black men. I've been with a black woman my whole life. Something happened to her. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And that's the comedian D.L. Hughley, who's been married to the same black woman for 37 years now. I've done my time. Yo. For real. You happy for Serena? Be happy for me, guys. So, Dr. Umar, 
If you want to stick around and have patience with black women who can't let a man lead because of what happened to her with some sorry black man in the past, knock your socks off. But please do not try <laughs> to convince us good black men who do have our stuff together that we should stick around with you. Every person has to make a decision that's best for themselves. And should a black man decide to go to another country and seek companionship, it's what's best for him. Don't try to shame or guilt him out of his decision. As the old saying goes, what's good for one man might not be good for another. So if you want to stick around, I think I speak for all the good black men out here when I say good luck and we wish you the best, but keep the rest of us out of it. Hey, somebody had to tell you and I love you, so it might as well be me. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell to get notified when I post a new video. I post a new video every week. And in the meantime, will you please act right? My name is Raul. See you in another video. So if you enjoyed this video, check it. All right. So, yeah. Um, that's that's the pro-black community for you. And you notice it's a weird dynamic with these groups of blacks. They'll say shit like, you know, black man's trying to get educated. So a black man may have to deal with some whites. He may want to get into a white institute. Black folks will cast him aside. But these so-called pro-blacks will call these whores and cum dumpsters queens. It's retarded. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I just don't get it. But it, it is what it is. To each his own, you know. We're going to move on to a bonus. Since we're only 40, we're not even 45 minutes in. This will be a bonus, man. A cheating story. Surviving infidelity. I believe this is Tony's cheating stories, but I could be wrong. I'll correct myself if needed. Let's continue. I have never posted on a forum before, but I wanted to reach out to someone. My wife and I have been married for 20 years, and we have two kids. They are on their own. My wife owns a hair salon, and I have a landscaping business my father passed down to me. He is still among the living. He just wanted to retire. He wanted to enjoy what life he had left. My father and mother are still together after 42 years. So when we celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary, they were really happy. They were making comments along the lines of, hey, you guys will be married as long as us one day. But as time went on, <laughs> my wife and I started to drift apart. Negative. I don't know what it was. My wife was always affectionate, always touching me when she walked by me and came up to give me a kiss for no apparent reason. But little by little, that started to diminish until it felt like we were two strangers living together. The conversations between us started to become more and more routine. The same topics repeated over and over again with no real substance or exchange of ideas. We were not fighting but I could feel something was wrong between us. Now, the strange thing was, our sex life didn't really falter. It was the same, no dead bedroom as a lot of people speak of. One day when she came home from the hair salon, I simply asked her if everything was okay with her. She replied, why would you ask that question? I simply said, you are not your old self, you know, coming up and messing with me, kissing me for no reason. She said she has been <laughs> a little preoccupied with work. Oh yeah. A couple of her employees are having Oh yeah. <laughs> you know that's the first issue right there, work. And it's funny cuz <clears throat> the man can't have issues at work. If he has issues at work with his woman, then his woman is highly upset. If a man has to deal with women and her issues at work, he just has to deal with it. Interesting personal issues impacting their ability to get to work on time. I didn't question her anymore after that. But then her affection towards me started to really diminish. And so did our sex life. But you know what? I didn't ask her about it. I went on about my day like I do normally. 
After work one day, I went home and had a FaceTime call with a longtime friend. I wanted to catch up and see how he was doing. We chatted about old times, but then I told him about my concerns about the slight shift in my wife's behavior. He didn't ask me what I thought was wrong. I told him I didn't have any idea. I told him she claimed to be under some stress because of a couple of employees having personal issues, but I could tell there was something more than what she was telling me. He suggested that maybe there is a deeper reason for it other than work-related problems. I just simply told him I needed to find out what was going on with her. We ended the call shortly after that. About 10 minutes later, my wife comes in. I greet her, ask her how her day was and what's going on with her problem children. You know, the two who have transportation issues, apparently. Well, that conversation didn't go well. She went off on me and started yelling. I yelled back and asked her, what the hell is wrong with her? She didn't respond, just went into the bedroom and closed the door. <laughs> I thought to myself, what the hell was that? That's when I realized it probably wasn't about those two employees or anything work-related. I wasn't going to reach out to my parents. After all, they thought everything was okay with us. So one night I started searching online to see if someone was experiencing the same thing I was experiencing. I came across a blog post from a guy who was going through the same thing. His wife was successful and she was going through a midlife crisis. His wife was actually cheating on him and he found out she was cheating on him from their 10 year old son. Damn. That part made me nervous. Oh. But my wife didn't. The man found out from his 10 year old son that his wife was cheating on him. Jesus. Any of the signs he talked about, but one, the subtle lack of intimacy that was now creeping up in our marriage. After my online searches, I made a mental note to see if I could dig a little deeper to see what I could find. My wife didn't have a password on her phone. I always had access to it. So when she was around and her phone was unattended, I would look at the text messages. I had to be quick. I didn't want her to see that I was going through her phone. Didn't <laughs> find anything. I didn't panic. I decided to keep my eyes open, even pop up at her job just to see how she was doing. Well, fast forward two days, I did exactly that. I went to her job. She didn't know I was coming. And when she saw me, she had this look on her face like, what the hell is he doing here? I kept my cool and told her I was in the area and wanted to drop by and say hi. One of her co-workers thought that was a sweet gesture, but she gave her co-worker a nasty look. I turned around and walked out, didn't even say goodbye. That gesture she just made to her co-worker made me mad. When I got back into my van, I had one of my workers drop me off at home and had him and the rest of the team finish up the appointments we had. My wife wasn't due to come home for at least a few hours, so I had time to do some research. I landed on a private detective who was once a deputy sheriff. I made an appointment to go see him. When I met with the private detective, he asked me what kind of behavior my wife displayed. I simply said she was less affectionate, seemed to be more irritable, and our sex life had taken a hit. He asked me if I had any reason to believe she was cheating. And the only thing I could think of was her reaction at work when I showed up. So he suggested that we put a tracker on our car so we can see where she goes and who she sees. And that right there, and I've always said this in all of these cheating stories, when it comes down to doing that, you pretty much know your relationship, your marriage is in fact over. At first, I thought it was an overreaction, but he told me sometimes people change and we need to find out the reasons why. He then said, I won't charge you for having you put a tracker on our car, but if you want me to follow her and get photos and such, then I have to charge you. 
I then told him, in that case, I don't need a tracker. With the tracker, I can't get photos. So I told him, I will just hire you. He then told me, when we start the surveillance, I need you to stay away from her job or anywhere she might be while I'm following her. I agreed and asked him what kind of results he expected. He said it could take a few days or weeks, but eventually we'll get some answers. So I hired the private detective and turned my attention away from her until he called me with updates. After a few weeks, he called me with some news. Apparently, my wife of 20 years was cheating on me. It was some <laughs> guy she met at a business conference. Oh, there were photos of them kissing. Good. Well, it's work-related issues. Well, I guess she wasn't lying about that. Sort of. And going to hotels and restaurants. He even Mwah. caught them making out in a parking garage. Mwah. I was completely devastated. Mwah. But I thanked the private detective for his help. I immediately asked him to compile the evidence for me. And he did. After going through the evidence... I made the decision to find out what divorce would look like for me. I contacted an attorney. We reside in Georgia, so any claim for alimony was nullified because of her infidelity. And my attorney told me that whatever I do, do not sleep with my wife after I have filed for divorce. Mm. The court could possibly assume I have forgiven her. That part threw me for a loop, but I understood. I wasn't going to tell my parents or my kids, at least not yet. I asked a few of my workers if they would help me move a few things. I was going to move into one of my rental properties I had. Right before she got home that evening, we moved some of my things to the rental. I pretended she was a stranger when she got home that night. I didn't greet her, didn't say anything. As far as I am concerned, she is past tense. The fact that she lied, cheated, and the way she was treating me, I didn't want any part of it. When she went into the bedroom, I left and didn't come back home. It really didn't surprise me when she didn't reach out to me. It stung at first, but I yeah. quickly got over it. Yeah, cause the she, next day when I she already she already knew that like in, in in essence she already knows that at this point when a woman cheats long enough, she just wants to be caught. She just wants to be caught. That's why she's so open about it. But she looks at the man that has no respect for him and will make him believe that he's just losing his mind. She was at work. I went and packed more things. I wanted to be out of the house completely when she came home this evening, but I was interrupted. As I was walking out, my dad was getting out of his car and asked me what was going on. I couldn't lie to him and told him, and asked him not to say anything to mom. He was really upset about it. He asked me what I was doing. I told him I was moving out and I have already filed for divorce. Dad and I had a long talk. He asked me why I was so hasty in filing for divorce. I simply <laughs> told him two things. She betrayed me and I would never be able to trust her again. He hesitated for a second and said, I understand. As he was leaving, he asked me if I needed anything. I just told him, just have my back. And he nodded his head. I told him to remember, don't say anything to anyone. Mm. Well, when I left the house that day, I never went back. About a month later, my soon-to-be ex-wife was served with divorce papers, and my mom and my kids still didn't know as far as I knew. My soon-to-be ex-wife had her own lawyer, but it didn't do any good. She was trying to get the house for herself. Of course. She was mean in the courtroom, and that's when I decided to expose her ass. We were ordered to sell the house and split the equity, which equates to $120,000 a piece. We sold the house about 10 months after the divorce. Then I exposed her to our friends on Facebook. I told my kids my mom was finally told by my dad. And yes, she was upset at him for not telling her sooner. I also shared the photos with everyone, minus the explicit ones. Some of her friends said I was wrong 
all for telling everyone. I simply told them to fuck off. She didn't cheat on them. She cheated on me. Fast forward another two months and my ex-wife moved in with the person she was cheating with. I later found out the guy she was cheating with was going through a divorce at the time my wife started cheating on me. Anyway, the rental I moved into, I renovated it and I see my kids once a month right now. Both of my girls don't even associate with their mother. I will not come back with an update. I don't need to. As of right now, my parents won't even talk to my ex-wife. My mom cried her heart out when she was told about my ex-wife's infidelity. <laughs> but my kids stick by me 100%. And as a father, that is a blessing. All right. So, yeah, man, we went through all that. All that. Um... I always say it's a fucked up situation uh, when it comes to cheating, especially in marriages that exceed 18 years for a number of reasons. A good portion of those marriages that end based on infidelity... 18 plus years usually involves children. Most of the time, if they're lucky, the children are 18 and older, so it's not much of a problem for them to sort of get over. Um, But the younger the children, the more fucked up the situation gets. The more that the man puts in, the more fucked up the situation gets. The very little he gets from the woman in return. In fact, he will be owing the woman in a lot of cases, alimony, child support, you name it. So it's fucked up, fucked up situation. We went through good three videos, uh, 30, probably 36 minutes total. It is almost 11 o'clock. So I think I am going to wrap this up for an hour just for GP. I got to find some, um, Got to find some content for tomorrow. I think I'm not going to record until tomorrow afternoon. Still do the traditional two videos. Forgot I don't go back into work until Tuesday. And that's a regular time, 2.30 to 10.30. So even on uh, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, or early Tuesday afternoon before I go to work. I will still be podcasting in the morning as well as nightfall during my break. Where the fuck is my lighter? Gotta find my lighter. What the? But yeah, that's a fucked up situation to go through. Um... I always go through this. I always talk about this where, you know, the man puts his time, effort, care, consideration, everything that he has into a woman. He believes that everything's going fine. So he thinks. Then, you know, a situation pops up or it will just be out of nowhere. You know, the woman wants to see other people, see other men. And it's not just a, it's not just a relationship. It's not just a long-term relationship, even though the importance of that isn't really nothing today. This is a marriage. All that time, all that effort, all that consideration means nothing. The moment she says... She wants to see other men. Or worse, if you have to catch her in the act, being with other men. All of the time, effort, and consideration that you had to make things work wasn't enough. Didn't matter. That's hard for a man to take 
especially in a 20 plus year relationship, 20 plus year marriage with children. And it's not just the pressure of ending things and hoping to, you know, come out in one piece, but also doing the situation, dealing with the situation, dealing with the reaction and the effect it can have on the family and the children and you still having to go about it because for the sake of you and your well-being, it's a better decision to leave things the way that they are. They're really trying to fix things. And it's almost that reaction that the guy's father had and why he asked, well, why are you so quick to leave the marriage? But he didn't fully explain to her. Um, he didn't fully explain to his father that she cheated on him. But if he were to explain that, I'm pretty sure the father would go, yeah, that's reasonable. Doesn't take much. In terms of why a woman would divorce a man, it can be a number of different things. Number of different things. These women talk about it all the time on TikTok. Some of the dumbest reasons possible. But hey, they still do it. You know what I mean? I gotta I gotta move this car. I don't like parking here. But I just park here to record. Plus it's away all it's away from all the bullshit. Oh man. It's away from all the fuckery, the madness. Alright, it's time to move this vehicle back to my house. It's been another day, man. Uh, I'm not really a fan of night operations as much as I used to be. It really, it doesn't matter if I get sleep the night before or anything like that. It's just time. Time-wise, it's just, you know, if I have enough things to talk about, I would rather save the things that I do nighttime for tomorrow morning. But then the way that I think is that if I can finish something tonight, then that can easily be something shared tomorrow morning. So I can chill out, fall back tomorrow morning, chill out a little bit. It is gonna be Sunday. It's gonna be Sunday in the hour, technically. It's 11 o'clock. I don't think, I don't know, maybe, Maybe, maybe not. I'm thinking about going through a couple videos before I officially wrap the episode up, but I'm not 100% sure right now. I hope there's a parking spot here because uh, I'm fucking tired of niggas that don't live out here parking out here, especially around where I live at. All right, this ain't bad. This ain't bad. Part right here, which isn't too far away from my house, is practically right there. Fucking unfamiliar cars, cars I've never seen before here, for whatever reason, who knows. All right. Yeah, I think I'm just going to fall back until tomorrow. I didn't take a nap today, so that's why I'm kind of tired right now. It's 11 o'clock. We're already an hour and five minutes in, man. We went through Tony's cheating stories. Please act right. And latest juice on this episode, man, in a timely fashion. 
didn't really rush, didn't have the need to rush, got everything that I wanted out of the way. So as I always say, in the meantime and in between time, and until next time, Jersey Judah, another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel, signing out, peace.